You are now listening to an all-new episode of The Last Man Potting. I'm your host, Ahmad. Back this week with my co-host, Steve. Steve, how the fuck you doing this week? I feel good. The sun is finally out. They finally cleared all that uh, smoke. It was looking like Gotham City for a little bit. It's a beautiful day outside. The African Festival is in South Philly, so I'm going to go down there and enjoy that before they bankrupt the city and turn it into a FEMA camp, so... Do you have like a countdown in the crib until like like you just check the calendar days off? Like all right, ninety nine days till the city's a FEMA camp. You know, I've been trying to Google uh, the Mayan calendar, but I haven't found any luck with that. So um, eventually, I'll see where I can find it at. But you know, I'm just enjoying life until they turn into a FEMA camp. So it's like whatever to be. So uh, what's the moves at the African festival? Um, you texted me about that this morning. You seem very excited. I'm very excited. So we're going to see, you know, what the African culture is. I'm assuming that there's going to be like um, some females in a grass skirt with like a plate in their mouth or something like that. Uh, you know, a bone in their nose or something. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. A big lip drawing. <laughs> that was Ikari. You'll take that out. <laughs> That's just terrible. That's terrible to say. That's all right. Like if, if they cancel us over that, we needed to get canceled. Yeah, probably. That's just that's just not right. So, you know, we're back this week for another episode, um, another movie this week. And uh we decided to do a couple Philly movies uh over these next couple weeks. And um to me, my favorite Philly movie of all time is the one that we're doing right now, State Property 2. Um, we're, we just skipped over the first one because the first one's not that good and they pretty much summarize it in the beginning of the second one so you yeah. don't really need to watch it but um, you know I, I thought it would be good to like you know do a couple Philly movies and you know we had a couple little conversations we wanted to have around you know how the movie came together and all the uh, major players involved but Steve what's your relationship to State Property 2? I love State Property 2. I can't even say that it's that much better than State Property 1. I really do enjoy State Property 1. Nice little, you know, hood movie. It looked like one of the type of shows that you would do, like, in social studies class or something. Or, like, remember, like, in English class, they would try to make us, like, uh, act out like a movie or something. It's, like, trying to get creative with a project. So it's almost like Dave was like, you know what, let me do a little project right quick and just see what happens. So I like stuff like that where you just start filming and, you know, it just kind of grows from there. So... Uh, I, I like both of the movies, really. I can't say that State Prop 1 is trash. Uh, I think there's uh, other review movies that have covered that already. So I think that's more or less why we want to uh, settle on State Prop 2. Yeah, like, well, I, I like what you, I like what you, how you put it, but like, I call that like the student film aspect of these movies because like they don't seem like professional productions. Like, they no. definitely seem like they're doing all of this shit on the fly. But my reason why I like State Property 2 better is because I think it just leans into, yo, like, we can't take this shit too seriously. We got a bunch of inexperienced rappers playing the main roles in this movie. So we should just lean into it all the way and just make a comedy. So that, that, that's why the movie's a classic to me, because it's like they knew what they had. Like, you know, this is comedic gold. I think they saw the first one and said, you know, we accidentally made a comedy, so let's just go all the way with it. So... <laughs> The the part that had me die where they it's a shootout at the park and Beads just flips his coin at the end like he's the Joker or something. <laughs> like, I'm like, what am I watching? 
Yeah, like the, at the first one, they thought that they were making Scarface, and and then <laughs> then it came out, and they realized it was like, oh shit, it's not Scarface. So it's like let's just make uh, Major Pain <laughs> for the second one. Major Pain. Major Pain. That's also another all-time classic movie. Another movie that's a five. So uh, one of the greatest movies of all time. Major Pain. Really, Major Pain's yeah. a five. Yeah, great movie. I mean, awesome. I haven't seen Major Pain and since I was a kid, so yeah. we might have to do Major Pain on the show because I, I can't even argue with you on that one. Great movie. It's another classical film that they don't respect. Like my favorite part is at the beginning where the guys all shot up, and uh, Major Pain comes over. Um, he's like, "You want me to?" make you feel do something that no no the lie was you want me to do something to get your mind off of you being all shot up like that and he just comes over and break the guy's figure <laughs> it's just like I was like that's a good comedy right there um taking it back to to state prop uh before we get into you know the breakdown of the movie <laughs> I thought it would be good to have like a little conversation about like how movies like this come together like you know rappers turn actors um you know this movie has like 20 different rappers in it and uh you know, when we decided to do this movie, we were talking about who are the best, you know, rappers turned actors. It's like, obviously, like Will Smith, I don't even think he should be in this conversation because he's a different category. Like, he's a full-blown, you know, Oscar award-winning actor. But, you know, you got your LLs, your 50 Cents, your um, Most Def. Uh, am, am I forgetting anybody? Oh, Ice Cube. Yeah, Dude, can't the, ice cube. It's it's such a long lot. Like it would be hard to fill it. I mean, Method Man, Snoop Dogg, uh, like there's so many guys who. I, mean, I guess you could even put Red Man in the conversation. Like, there's so many rappers turned actors. It almost seems like, oh yeah, DMX probably. Uh, DMX probably in the top five, if not number one, in my opinion. So it almost seems like that's like a rite of passage. If you're a top level rapper, you have to become an actor now. Yeah, it, it's um, it's interesting because now you see it in in this new generation, like Quavo's doing like um, gospel movies on on Peacock and shit like that. So, um, and you know, we we talked about Joey Badass before. He's like you know the biggest drug dealer in Brooklyn for Fifty Cent in prime time. So, um, you know, they, they're keeping the tradition alive. Yeah, I feel like any movie starring Quavo has to go straight to Tubi. So that'll be interesting what they do on Peacock. We got some, uh, we got some Tubi, some Tubi slander later because I'm, I'm gonna get into what Dash Films is doing because you know St State Prop Two is a Dash film, and um, I'm, I'm just curious about like the go to market strategy at Dash Films. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure what they're doing over there. Why do people slander Tubi so much though? I love to Tubi is offering a great platform for small to mid size you know, movie creators to go and put their movies up. Like, Tubi should be commended. It shouldn't be slandered. I don't slander Tubi, because... Not even just you. I'm just saying, in general, like, everybody slanders Tubi movies. I'm like, this is... like because yeah, they're bad. Like, yeah, they're but... not good movies. Like, like, Tubi is a great platform. It's like right. YouTube. Like, right. you know, you, you like, you know, anybody could just post some shit on YouTube. That don't make it good. Like, but, you know, over time, YouTube went from, you know, videos of cats riding skateboards to now you got, like, full-blown shit. Like, you can learn stuff on YouTube and all that. So Tubi just needs to make that evolution because, like, right now, you know, it's just, ugh, it's just garbage on there. 
There's nothing wrong with that. You know, you put your movie on there. You never know what can happen. You just put it out. Like you saw Money and Violence a few years ago. My man put it out. He's able to grow, get a real production budget. So, man, like people need to stop slandering Tubi, man. Like there's some good creators on there. And I'm sure people give some of those movies a chance. Like they would probably like some of those movies. I gave a Tubi movie the chance the other day. It was horrible. Which one? Uh, stoned, a, a, a Damon Dash directed <laughs> film, Stoned, starring stoned. um, starring some random niggas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, too? And we're gonna have the Dame conversation later, but I definitely appreciate how Dame really gives a lot of people. But you know what? Let's let's have a Dame conversation now. Let's have yeah. a Dame conversation now, because because yeah. he's the reason why we're here. He he put this in motion. This is. Like I was just watching the opening credits of State Prop. It's like he made sure his name was above Lionsgate. Like this is a Dash and Lionsgate production because you know Dane puts his own money up and he flips. So um, <laughs> that just reminds me of that book so, where because like Dave does everything extravagant. Like remember he does the audio book. He's putting the reverb on his name. Hi Dave. Dash 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 Dash. <laughs> that is the most entertaining audio book I've ever listened to. Yeah. If you haven't heard the Culture Vultures audio book, go go listen to that shit. It's it's a classic. Because I've I've never heard an audio book overproduced. And <laughs> he's like the thing I like about Dame is he's very passionate. And you, you know you hear that passion through him reading that book. Jay Prince had a good audio book as well. So. Yeah, that, that's a good that's a good audio book. Yeah, Very entertaining. Prince. Yeah. But uh, so like Dash films, you know, I, I did a little bit of the history of it. You know, they started out, you had Paid in Full, which, you know, I think is just considered a hood classic. I think most people would consider Paid in Full a hood classic. Great movie. A hood classic. I think that's like a classic crime movie. Like, I think you can put that movie in the same conversation with, you know, all your top mafia movies and all of that and it's it's right at home um and then he went you know i don't know the chronology but you know you had state prop um paper soldiers state prop 2 and i i think that was like kind of it for like his major you know films that like were in our childhood like you know like the dash films like had a real good presence like when we were kids you know me and steve were both like 30 but now you know he's just I feel like the quality of Dash films has dropped grass drastically over the last 20 years since this movie came out. Cause you know, he's doing Tubi shit. It's like, he's just, I feel like he's just grabbing his homies off the street to act in these movies. He's not even getting real actors to be in the movies anymore. And you know, like they're kind of doing like guerrilla filming um, these movies. So I, I think like that's where like, you know, Dash films is kind of, gone off the rails in these last uh two decades well and you do wonder with that because you have something like a paid in full you know we'd have to sit back and look at what the budget was for that but he's obviously not getting that type of money to do that anymore you know so you're saying like it's like yeah he's not getting real actors well you know whatever it was i'm sure maybe they spent what 10 15 million on paid in full like he's not getting that to film all of these movies so you kind of got to do it a little bit different than you know how you were doing it now. I mean, you have access to the technology and different things like that, but it costs a lot of money to do a movie. You got to get writers, you got to get, like you said, top level actors. So why not? Like if you're passionate about movies, I love what he's doing. Go get you, go get your homeboys, get you a couple of get you a couple of these, 
and you know a couple of uh, little whatever top level cameras are and, and get it done like i love it well so it, the interesting thing about paid in full paid in full had a seven and a half million dollar budget and mm. you know it has people like wood harrison kai pfeiffer and you know there's a lot of other like character actors that you know have had <laughs> real careers and it's just it was distributed by miramax which was a harvey weinstein company back in the day and you know before all the shit came out about harvey weinstein like the main thing he was known for was winning oscars and making high quality stuff so I think like that has a lot to do with why paid in full is of the level. Dame Dash might tell you something different, <laughs> but I think, you know, when you're looking at independent film, like, you know, yeah, budget plays a big factor in who you're going to get to be in your movie because, you know, you have all of these different unions. You have the actor's union, the, the director's union, and all of that that you have to deal with and people have to get paid at a certain scale. Like the writers are on strike right now because, you know, they're renegotiating their position. So like, you know, th that can't be ignored that that's part of it. But, you know, we talked a, a few years ago about Nate Parker when he made Birth of a Nation. That's a completely independently financed film. He went around, had people like Tony Parker and other, you know, business people give him the money to make that movie. And then he sold it after it debuted at a festival and recouped the budget. And it got distributed. And, you know, th that movie kind of got derailed over some racist bullshit that we won't get into right now. But it's like Dame Dash is, has shown that he's not willing to play that game of, you know, independently finance a movie and then go and sell it to the production company. Because I was watching an interview he did with um, Math Hoffa uh, the other day where he was talking about how um, he doesn't like, like, the racial dynamics when he's going into these offices and discussing his projects. And he feels like they keep trying to put him in the black box. But I think also there's a quality level that's not there anymore like quality standard rather that's not there anymore so you can't go into you know a, a 24 or a, a smaller like um film studio that buys these type of independently financed movies and sell this shit like it's, you're not getting that off i mean that's a great point but i, I think also with dame I, I i've been meaning to watch the math hoffa interview i saw a couple of the uh, clips and Dame is always entertained every time we see him. He's always in persona mode. He's always, uh, you know, <laughs> on his international uh, international quest for greatness. So, you know, shout out to Dave. But I think Dame also, too, has this idea of being, uh, as Dipsy would say, vertically integrated as well. So I think there's probably in the back of his mind when he's doing those meetings with some of these smaller studios, it's like, I don't need them anyway. I could just take a couple of these and do it myself anyway. I think that's his mentality regardless. So I don't even know how well that will work out for him if he wanted to take that route. You know, that that's fine. Like, you know, I can't tell the man how to do his business, <laughs> but I sat down and tried to watch a couple of his <laughs> movies the other day, and I don't know who he's making that shit for. Because... Like stoned, you could look that up on Tubi. It, he they filmed it during COVID. Hmm. It's fucking horrible. Like the jokes don't hit. Um, the acting is is horrendous. Um, 
Yeah, it, like the production quality is bad. Like the B-roll looks like he just downloaded it off of the internet. It doesn't even look like they took time to film the B-roll. And this is what he said, like on, on the official website for the movie. On the official um, website. The world is going through a global pandemic and I'm in the back of an Uber with three members of my family, all of whom will soon be drafted into being reluctant fellow crew members. All the while I'm writing a script that is halfway done for a movie that is going to start filming tomorrow um, in Wyoming. And he's saying that he's wasting money because he's got a jet waiting for him and that's costing him a couple stacks an hour, but th that's what filmmaking is during the pandemic. Like, right. you know, like there's a lot of stories about how when movies go into production, the script's not done and you have like writers on the set writing a movie and all that shit. So, you know, you can't, I, I can't hold that against them, but it also don't sound like you put any thought into the movie. And then when I watched it, I'm like, why would anybody put money? Like, he don't even look like he put his money up for that shit. So I, I don't really know, what, like, what's the what's the business strategy over there unless Tubi just has the bag, and I, I don't know about that. I think Tubi might just have the bag, and you don't know about that. I'm willing to say I don't know. know about that. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think, too, I think also people underestimate uh, how difficult it is to write a movie. You know, you got to have a great premise. You got to have a character arc. All of these characters have to meld it together in some way, shape, or form and balance each other. And you got to be able to meld all those stories together. So it's, it's, it's not an easy task to just kind of do it on the fly. Uh, you know, certain people, they just had that gift and that talent. They could do that, um, you know, but I guess maybe Dane was trying to make a, a how high four or whatever the fuck he was trying to. I guess he thought he could just write that shit. It's like he's watching how high. Like, oh, yeah. But you don't have Method and Red to improv this shit, the whole shit. So, you know, so, <laughs> sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of shit is just easier said than done. You Because right. I, I think a lot of us, like, sit at home and we watch stuff and we're like, yo, I can make some better shit than that. But then when you're on the set and you're dealing with, like, extras and product and, like, all the things that go into production, it's not, a, it's not that easy to make a fucking movie. And I think, like, the quality of his films since he's been away from the studio, the quote unquote studio system kind of shows how difficult it is to make a movie. So it's like, I, I don't want to slander it too much because I, I got respect for anybody that's just, you know, putting their shit out and saying, fuck the system, I'm going to get it my way. But I just don't understand who his customers are. <laughs> because <laughs> well, like, the shit is just so low quality. Like, it'd be different. Like, like, you know, like we used to like a show called Money and Violence yeah, that was on YouTube that had low production quality and everything but there was just something about it that was just good like yeah they didn't have all the camera angles the people couldn't act but like the story had had a good uh flow to it and a lot of different other things like it just had going for it where these movies just seemed flat to me yeah i mean you look back at the money of violence uh the writing was just really good and you could just tell everybody had chemistry everybody really worked well together you could tell everybody really liked each other and they had fun and that was a passion project but <clears throat> to your point of people thinking they could just watch something that's trash and they could do it better I mean you see it all the time with, with stand-up you know you go to an open bike and you could just tell that was a guy that was at the crib watching a guy like oh that, that, that's easy I'm funnier than him and then you get on that stage and ain't nobody laughing you just sit there with the mic in your head like what the fuck am I doing with my life right now 
So, you know, a lot of people, they got to humble themselves, but certain people, they need that experience to get humbled. So Dame Dash needs to be humbled? Is, I don't think is that, so at is all. Is that the conclusion? I don't think so at all. Like, I think if you have a passion project and you can put it out, it doesn't matter if you don't like it. Maybe somebody else likes it. So maybe stoned is for someone. It's just not for you. I mean, I did look in the comments on YouTube for the trailer and, so, and somebody did say like, yo, this is the shit I've been waiting for. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, shout, shout out to Stone, you know, shout out to Dame because he's still doing his <clears throat> thing, you know, all, all these years later. Um, and I do respect that he he tries to give different people, you know, a chance. Like he always talks about his uh, his OG Daniel. And he was like real proud like that he could put him in a movie next to Stacey Dash and all of that. And, you know, I, I do think that's a big thing to like, you know, give people that opportunity to get to another level in life. But um, I, I, I'm a quality over quantity type of guy. Like you you, you got to have quality. It's like, we, we, we can commend you all you want, but if your shit's not good, it's like not good is not good. You know, rappers, rappers turn actors. You, you said uh, DMX, is your favorite rapper turned actor? You you were trying to tell me about movies like Exit Wounds and shit like that. I'm not gonna lie, I've never sat down to to watch any of that. Um, they they, they just did they, they they just didn't look good on paper, so I didn't give it a chance. I think like when you look at you know rappers that have that are that were really good at acting or could have been really good at acting, I think Tupac jumps out a yeah, lot of course you know, Tupac. I, I think Tupac probably would have ended up having like a full-blown film career if he didn't if he didn't die you know he was supposed to be in baby boy and that went to Tyrese but I'm glad that went to Tyrese because I don't think that movie would be the same if Tyrese wasn't I, in it yeah I feel like Tupac's a little bit too aggressive for that role because you you have to be a little bit uh pussy for that role so I, I can't like the dude from Juice I can't imagine him like being the baby boy guy it's like come on man that movie wouldn't be anywhere near as funny as it is absolutely if Tupac was in it and it's like to me, that's one of the best like comedies of all time so I also feel like Tupac would have been a little bit too overboard for that role I think well, Tupac was overboard in everything he was in, but yeah. I, I I think he was also just starting out. Like we only saw him in a couple of things, so I think it would have it would have evolved over time because yeah. you know, like all like all actors evolve over time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Give David chance. He's his writing's going to evolve over time. Oh, fuck. We need to move those. <laughs> that's a slow evolution, bro. Like it's yeah. <laughs> he's 25 years in. Like hey, hey, in another 25 years, he's gonna be the greatest writer of all time. I'll put I'll put money on that. Well, I I hope I see it. I hope I see it. You know what too? Um, uh, rappers turn actors. I, I like Snoop Dogg too. Like Doggy Fizzle Television uh, is one of the greatest television shows of all time. I don't know where you can find it at anymore, but <laughs> that that show was hilarious. Well, like like Snoop Dogg is a real good entertainer, and yeah. it's it's just like when you put Snoop Dogg in the right role where he can play a little bit of himself, he's always good. Like Training Day. Like I love when he shows up as like the little wheelchair snitching traded day. I like him in um Starsky and Hutch. Like yep. he plays Huggy Bear in Starsky and Hutch. Like that, like that's that's a good role for him. Um I never saw Bones, but a lot, a lot of people like Bones. Were you a Bones guy? Bones stinks. Um 
it like it's just a weird movie <clears throat> it, it, you know it's about um like he was like a, a community guy in the 70s or something like that and then they kill him pam Greer's his wife it's just a weird movie what, what's like, your thoughts on common because he, he he's he's had a pretty yeah. decent career he's been in a lot of stuff but uh, he's never stood out in anything that he was yeah into. i'm not really and like i like common a lot as a rapper but as an actor he just seems like he's just there yeah i'm not i've never been impressed with what common as an actor um because like but i think too um to to be like to transfer to that you kind of had that had this big personality type of thing and i just feel like what common does in, in the booth doesn't really translate you know being the super woke activist guy i don't know if that translates to movies that well so is it just that like these guys should stick to comedy? Because I think, so. <laughs> I, I, I think like, you know, if we're really like looking back at rappers turned actors, they're pretty much only good when they're in comedies. Because yeah. it's like when they have to sit down and be sincere and you got to believe them and all that. Like, um, I think Sam Jackson like turned down being in Get Rich or Die Trying because he's like, I've been doing this shit for 20 years. You just go give this Curtis Jackson guy a movie. And like he refused to be in it, but um, I do think like like you know you do kind of have to pay your dues a little bit before you jump out here and right. say you're going to be a serious actor. How disrespectful is that? Because Sam does anything. It's like I'll chain a bitch up to a radiator before I do a movie with Fifty Cent. Like how how disrespectful is that? That's a good movie though. Like like that's a that movie Black Snake Moan has a good premise. Like. I, I, I like I'm always here for a good premise. Like if you say Sam Jackson is chaining a white bitch up to his radiator, <laughs> like at least press play on that. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. 50 said if you out there, man, you gotta do better. Like Sam Jackson would rather chain a white bitch up to his radiator to do a movie with you, but you gotta do better out here in these streets. It's 50 Cent's doing as good as you can. Like he yeah. runs the stars network. Like, <laughs> like like he has a whole drug dealing universe on TV. That's crazy. So, like the, Mar- the Marvel universe. Uh, he, but I, I don't know. Have you seen Snowfall? Is it competing with Snowfall? I haven't seen Snowfall. I didn't watch Snowfall. Oh, is it, is it no good? I don't know if it's good. I didn't watch it. I, I just didn't need another drug dealer show. I was good. I've been watching like, the clips on YouTube. It is like, I might give it a chance. All right, well, you, you can come back with your review for Snowfall, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm probably good. They got the British boy in there, so I'm, I'm sure that doesn't make uh Sam ha- Sam too happy. <laughs> yeah, like Sam has a lot of rules about who's allowed to do what, but yet he he'll he'll just take anything for the check. Like yeah, <laughs> like he'll he'll be in snakes in a plane, um, you know, black snake moan that, that bullshit we did a couple weeks ago. But yeah, everybody he, else had, needs to be a thespian. He'll he'll be uh. Uzi and Jago, he was like the the white man's uh, right hand. <laughs> he, he yeah, would rather the, he'd rather be the white man's right hand, a slave owner's right hand man. Didn't work with you, Fifty Cent. <laughs> like when you put it like that, that does sound fucked up. It's like, yo, I'd rather do anything before yeah. I work with Fifty Cent. Yeah, he'd rather be in a movie um, talking about yes, boss. Did the work with 50 Cent. Man, yes, I probably would too, because 50 Cent is a terrible actor. He, he, just, he just has not gotten better. Uh, well, like you said, like some rappers should just stick to comedy. 
Like, 50's in there trying to be serious. It's like, I think if you uh, drop a role where 50 could be himself, like, he could be effective. Because 50 is entertaining. Yeah, like, like, pimping curly and shit like yeah. that. Like, you know, that's classic, but he doesn't lean into that. Like, he, no. he tries to make these super serious drug dealing shows. And I, I think it just shows, like, how hard it is to make this stuff because, you know... When we were talking about doing state prop, we talked about how it's a comedy and Dame is funny as shit. But yeah. when he flat out sets out to make a comedy, like those Tubi movies, like they're not funny at all. So, you know, like comedic timing, like well, who, I'm telling you, like comedic timing is is really hard and like comedy is really hard. Like I, I think I, I don't think you can just um, dabble in it. Like you really got to have a gift for it. Yeah, certain people have a gift. Certain people just practice it over year over years, you know. But like, there's certain people who they they'll take improv classes. But like, I, I remember taking a class with an acting guy, and it, like, it just made me show it showed me like the next level of like acting because this dude was just brilliant. Like, he could do like drama, comedy, all of that. So there's just certain people who just have a gift for it, and you know, there's certain people who are just taking a stab at it, and you know, maybe you should probably try to do some other shit. Yeah, well, I, I like the rappers turn act. They normally do a decent job. Like we, we both uh think that LL was, did a great job at it too deep. So like rappers, they they can act for whatever. I guess because they're acting all the time. So, uh, you know, just be in a movie and act natural. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's like when when the when the Migos showed up in Narcos just to play drug dealers and um that they were pretty much themselves in that and and playing themselves on atlanta like yeah. if somebody's just going to give you a check to be yourself or be your your rap persona i, I guess why not i'll be interested because you know drake actually used to be an actor so i'll be interested to see if he gets back into that you know is he going to do some if, if drake was to get back into that would he be serious would he you know what would drake do acting wise yeah i've been surprised that we haven't gotten like a drake movie or anything like that but I don't know. He he just seems like he he's like he said it in that um in that uh, rap radar interview a couple years back. He's like I'm about this rap life, right? Like you know he 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 does that rap shit and he consistently like an album or two every year, like his whole career. And he like whether or not they're good, but I I definitely think there's a lane for him in that acting if he wants it. Yeah, well, and like you said, the commitment to rap because. There's certain movies that you would have to take that. That's why I think somebody like a Tupac has to be commended, like because he was really able to do both on some Deion Sanders type of shit. But you know, you would almost have to put certain projects on hold because it's like, oh, I got this movie coming up. So like to be able to put a, a project rap wise out every year and then to do a movie that that would probably be like like you said too much in regards to what he's trying to do right now with his rap career. You know, he's not a rapper, but the weekend. He just put out his show, The Idol, last week. Right. And a, a lot of people tried to shit on his acting and say that it wasn't good. I, I only saw the first episode. I, I think his acting's actually pretty good for, for what he's doing. Like, you know, he's he's pretty much playing a version of himself, like a little slimy club club owner yeah. guy that's pretty like, boy. you know, chasing white bitches around LA. <laughs> so I feel like that's what he does in real life. So he, he's not like acting too much on the show. So yeah. and you know he's he's still number one albums and all that so you can do both. Yeah, I mean, 
like you said, Tupac's probably the, uh, the best example, but I, I feel like that's a dude that didn't sleep at all. So he did a lot in his, you know, six or seven year career of like being a superstar. Yeah, yeah, he he was a worker. He was definitely a worker. Uh, um, so before we before we get into the categories for state prop two, um, I thought it was important to talk about sequels because this is one of those rare cases where the sequel is better than the original. Um, and we've only seen that a few times. Like to me, the sequels, you know, better than the original. You got Bad Boys Two, Rush Hour Two. Uh, the Dark Knight, you know, movies like that. Um, where, where, where do you stand on on sequels that are better than the original? Sequels, I think sequels is a hard thing because sequels normally a money grab, you know, so the, the time to take the time to go put the sequel in, because you normally hear that the sequel isn't better than the original, but there are, there have been quite a few, like uh, a lot of people like Empire Strikes Back over uh, A New Hope. Certain people tell you The Godfather 2 better than The Godfather, so um, I, I mean, I'm always here for a sequel, regardless, because, you know, like, I feel like the first movie, uh, you could always build upon whatever you made. And to, you know, I, I think that leaves the door ajar to make a better movie. However, you ended the first movie, you can make a better movie just to build off that first movie. So in theory, sequels probably should be easier to make because you already have the movie already made. Yeah, I don't know because like the majority of sequels are bad. So yeah. I think sequels <laughs> are actually hard to make. Right. Because, you know, most of the time, like whatever made the first one special, they just try to redo it in the second one. And it's, and like if it's a comedy, the jokes don't hit the same. Or, you know, if it's like one of these extended stories, like like nowadays, like they, they're turning movies into TV shows where it's like you go see a movie in the theater and it's like an episode and they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we'll finish the story next year when you come see the third one. And I don't buy into that shit. It's like, you know, you need like if you have an idea, get the whole shit done in the first one, because mm. don't bet on me coming back because I'm probably <laughs> not, I'm not I'm probably not coming back. Yeah, it's like, you know, if you got a good idea put everything like make a three-hour movie if that's what you want to do but just make it good yeah that, that, that's like when you have a beautiful girl it's like you put all your effort in because you don't know if she's coming back like she got a lot of options so is that how that works i don't know i just i just know how to end that so i just forgot to say anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i don't know you gotta make up your mind because 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 last week you yeah. were telling the guy how he was never gonna get his bitch back so which one you know what you got uh, you uh, when we were talking about uh, Place Beyond the Pines, the, the big oh, that, guy when he's trying to get his bitch back. Oh, that was clear. It's like he didn't even had no job. Like I don't even know what he was trying to do. <laughs> My man pull up talking about I can take care of all you guys. Like with what money? Like what are you doing? That's not how the game is played. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, so so yeah, I I think with this one, why it works as a sequel is because they kind of recognized what worked in the first one and what didn't work and decided to just do a hard reset on the movie and just say, you know what, we're telling um, a whole new story and you don't even need to have seen the first one to enjoy the second one. Um, e even without like the previously on state property that they do for the first 30 seconds of the movie, like you could enjoy this movie without seeing the first one. Well, I do wonder, like, in the intro of the movie, uh, I was like, damn, 
what happened to uh Caesar from the first movie? Like that nigga Caesar, they called Caesar. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back up for this bullshit. Like, okay. <laughs> like I'm like, what happened to Caesar? <laughs> yeah, they definitely they definitely recast some shit. Uh, <laughs> like I, I like how they just threw shots at a mill in in the intro too. Yeah, I don't even like, know who this bitch is. They, they was like, I don't even know who this bitch is. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, like a mill really can't catch a break, like in real life or in like this fictional drug dealing universe. <laughs> <laughs> that that Caesar did have me dying though, because he's like with no emotion. He's like, I'm not trying to get down. I'm like, what is that? What's up, acting? <laughs> Like, is that how you act when somebody says they're trying to? I was like, "Yo, this is my shit now." I'm not trying to get down. Like, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like, somebody come in, like take your take your podcast. He's like, <laughs> "You gonna be like, I'm not trying to give up the podcast." <laughs> like, like, what is that? <laughs> oh shit. Um. So. Be- let, let, let's let's talk about Beanie Siegel a little bit because he's the star of both of these movies and he was the star, uh, well, he was one of the stars of uh, Paper Soldiers, you know, a- another Dash film. Um, they tried with Beanie Siegel to, you know, give him, you know, these opportunities to branch out and <clears throat> he works as like the lead in these movies because he's not asked to do anything but be himself like they call him beans in the movie and all of that so he's kind of just like playing this person like what what do you call it? persona mode like he, he's just in persona mode the whole time anyway so um i do think beanie siegel could have like carved out a little niche for himself like being in movies though like if he didn't you know if he wasn't just so focused on being a hood nigga in real life because like he could have he could have been thug number four in like every movie from 05 till now and just be getting a check. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes we talk about the rapper turn actor conversation. I was watching the um a Tyron Turner interview with a guy that you clown uh, a couple weeks ago about uh you know I uh, all like that. Like uh, he's talking about Yeah, um, he he clowned, he clowned himself. I didn't clown him. I just reported the evidence. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm I, a journalist. Yeah, <laughs> are you Stephen A. Smith out here? So I don't, I don't like yeah. that. But he was just talking about they asked him about him being like a trained actor. And he's like, yeah, I took a couple of acting classes, but, you know, I don't want to be like too trained up because it takes away like the natural instinct of you being in a moment, like like the improv type of thing. So I think that's really what works with these rappers and the actors. Like they're so natural with what they do. It's almost like, all right, like act like you back in South Philly and somebody like, trying you. It's like, oh, what dickhead? Like, so he's just able to kind of like tap into like being back at that moment where, like, oh, this is the block right here, and I got to go beat up Fat Stevie and uh, take my money back and take my block back. Well, I I think that works for some people. Like, like I get every actor has a different process, but that's also why Tyron Turner doesn't have a career because. Like, you know, every movie doesn't have improv in it. Like, there's some movie sets where you go on it and the director's like, you need to say everything that's written in the script verbatim. Like, there's no room for you. Like, you're here just to fill a role. And if you can't, you know, be a chameleon and fit into different roles, you're not going to have much of a career. Like, like, there's only one Danny Trejo. Like, you know, he shows up and he plays Mexican thug. 
Like in every movie, they need a Mexican thug. All right, we got Danny Trejo. But there's a million other guys that probably fit that bill that they don't call. So like, you know, the guy from, um, what's it, Training Day? Like, you ever had your shit pushed in? It's like, yeah. they either call that guy or Danny Trejo. Like, <laughs> you know, but classically trained actors, like, you're going to get called in for a lot more stuff because you show, like, yo, he can do this, he can do that, he can do the other. Like, you, you know, you talk all the time about when's the when they're going to get the black man to play the science guy. Well, if these guys aren't really trying to be real actors, like, they probably don't trust you to play the science guy. You know, to that like, point, too. Would, would you put your money up to let Tyron Turner play the science guy? Yeah, I think uh, he probably could make that work. But, you, you know, it's funny, to that point, I always wondered, like, I loved Baby Joker from uh, Next Friday. I was like, damn. Like, th that's why they don't call Baby Joker. They call the Daddy Trejo or the the, uh, the push your shit in guy. Yeah, like, there's only two of them. Like, you know, like, <laughs> th those are the guys. Like, they, they get all of those roles. Yeah, because who, who's my man in um Breaking Bad? Like, that's the same guy, right? The uh, yeah, Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo was in that one too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Tuco. Wait, wait, no, who, who's the other Mexican guy you talk about? Uh, no, I'm talking about Tuco. You know what I'm talking about? Oh no, Tuco. No, Tuco's just Tuco. Like, like, <laughs> no, the Tuco was in that get your shit pushed in. Scene yeah, you too. get your pushed like, in. Like, I, I think like that's like their Mount Rushmore of Mexican guys. It's like. Yo, we need a Mexican guy. It's like, all right, let me cut on training day right quick. I'm going to pick one of them niggas. You know, sw switch them out. <laughs> yeah, my man, baby joke right. Oh, shout out to uh, my man the next day air too. Like, he uh, he did a good job. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, I, I just call him Hefe because I don't know yeah. his name. Because like, yeah. like, he just plays Hefe in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in the mix. Yeah, he, he, no, he's definitely in the mix. He's he's great. He's great. <laughs> but you know that 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 not being classically trained shit. It's like you know you're you're gonna be in this you're gonna be in this category. So I think that's probably why Beans didn't have much of a career because you know maybe he didn't take it seriously or whatever. But I think you gotta do more than take a couple acting lessons if you want to be a a quote unquote actor. Well, like Beans definitely has shown the chops for it within this movie. So. It would have been interesting if he would have taken it serious and if he would have been able to like sustain a career within that. Cause you know, I, I love what he does in this movie. Uh I think he's able to show a certain level of range as well, where he's just not screaming and trying to choke niggas out all the time. Like he's kind of he's able to be laid back and he's able to show that balance. So it would have been interesting to see if Beans could have been in the movies. Yeah, because like one of his best like little subtle moments in the movie is when he gets out of jail and he's just chastising chastising yeah, Chris. That's my favorite part. He's yeah. like, he's like, yo, y'all sell weed now. Y'all niggas is like you can just feel his disappointment. Yeah, like, he's like yo, yo, I come home, I left y'all a crack empire, and y'all selling weed now. Real and, and then like you know another classic quote from this movie. Yeah, yo, I'm proud of y'all, man. I'm really, yeah. really proud of you. Like, you know, like Beans definitely knows how to show disappointment. Like he he definitely has has some range. So we were probably robbed of uh of uh, some good roles from Beans because yeah, he's able to show like that leadership skill within that this acting realm. Because it's like like you said, it's a specific chastisement where it's like. Look, I'm only telling you this for the benefit of the team. It's not like I'm trying to like 
you know, do nothing crazy. To, I just want you to do better and for you to like run the crack empire properly. Like I built this organization. I set the structure up. Like, why can't you follow the structure? This is very simple shit here. <laughs> and, like, and then another part, he walks out. He's like, yeah, it feel real good to be home. <laughs> like he said, it's a little subtle shit. Like, So um, let's get, let's get into the categories. Um, you know, we, we kind of started talking about uh, best performance. Um, you know, Beans definitely stands out as, as a good performer in this movie. But I think a lot of people stand out. Like the yeah. Dame Dash. Dame Dash is hilarious in this movie. Um, Emilio Sparks is funny as shit in this movie. Um, even though, like, his acting isn't good, he's just hilarious. And, like, he's very committed to this baby boy character that he's playing <laughs> like those were the main ones that, that jumped out to me like like those three um i think everybody else is doing the best that they can like like you know nori is doing the best that he can with uh with uh what he is able to do in this movie that's probably the, the nicest i could put it he, he just um, showed up and it was the drink chaps guy it's like i'm just gonna be the drink chaps guy who is a drug dealer <laughs> Yeah, and just say figure deal me like every yeah, other word and yeah. it's and it doesn't really work for me like i i think he's he's a weak point in the movie but um they, they definitely could have called a better rapper to to fill that to fill that role to be like a foil for beans in the movie like i thought i thought biggest was really good though like he was able to kind of display some some nuance and he was chill and you know he, he I thought yeah, he's he a real actor movie. okay yeah yeah all right all right <laughs> I just thought yeah, he was like, the boxing like guy. He was he was in Ali and and all of that. Like he he's been in stuff. Well, he's actually he's actually a real boxer. I looked up his like stats on Wikipedia and all that. So yeah, no, he he's the real deal. That, yeah. That's the thing about this movie. It's like they get they get everybody just to play <laughs> themselves, and it it does seem like I, I think part of why this movie works well is because everybody does seem like they're having a good time making it. Right, you can see that in like the outtakes that they put at the end. That you know they were pro like it was probably just like a very like relaxed set and all of that. Um, but if we got to give best performance to one person, who who are you giving it to? I think I'm I think I'm gonna give it to Beans. Like I think Beans is definitely he's the star of the movie. He's the one that makes it go. Like you said, I, I was kind of close to giving it to either Dash or or uh, the biggest character. But um, yeah, I mean, Beans just kind of he's able to show uh, a significant amount of range like and it doesn't seem it's natural. Like it doesn't seem like he's like like when he stabs this guy, get the fuck up. Like and he's just poking him. It just seems like he's like, yo, Beans, like act like he was back in jail and you was poking the guy up. Like <laughs> like Beans, I think he's like the most consistent in regards to showing his rage and, and just being a star within the movie. Yeah, he, he that like I don't think he's acting in this movie. No. I think he's being himself. But you know he 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 deserves credit for that because he he does like add a layer of realism into a movie that's ridiculous. So yeah. <laughs> so it's like you gotta give him credit for that. But give it to to Dame Dash because I think he's um you know the funniest thing in this movie. Yeah, definitely. Clearly making fun of himself like it's like a self deprecating portrayal um in this movie and in the first one because he lets beans like call him a weirdo and a nut ass nigga <laughs> that type of shit and he even like he leans into that type of shit and like you know it's funny so i i, I think like that's dame dash's strongest suit personally i think he should lean into that more in his production company i, I don't know how specifically to do that and all that but you know if you want to hire me for some ideas i'm, I'm cool 
um to do that but uh yeah like i i think like he needs to lean more into that dash character because like th there's a lot of comedy there I, I love that dash character like my favorite part was when he's with the girls he's just like don't touch me in public it's <laughs> just like i'm like who is this guy the only reason why i feel like i give it to beans because like being like the story is about beans like he's the star of the movie and i feel like you could just have a little secondary character with beads in it and it could still be quality so like that's kind of why i lean more towards beans but yeah dash I, I, it's, it's close one it's very close yeah i'll give you that beans definitely carries all yeah. the scenes that he's in because if he wasn't as good as he is this shit wouldn't be watchable <laughs> like it would have been something that we watched like in 05 or whatever and then probably like never watched again like we definitely wouldn't be talking about it today Beans is um, hilarious in, in one and two he's just hilarious <laughs> so uh worst performance who you got for worst performance i gotta give it to the guy d nice um you know there's no no disrespect mr d nice but you know what's my man name he's uh skino man you, you kind of you can't just show up and do nothing like Every scene that he's in, other actors are kind of carrying him through. Like, you know, you talk about Billy Sparks. Like, Billy Sparks carries every scene that Beans is not in. So, like, I feel like D-Nice just didn't really bring too much to that character. Um, it wasn't really any type of energy. I didn't really know what he was going for with that character. So, unfortunately, I got to give it to Mr. D-Nice. I didn't even argue with that, but I don't even think D-Nice is bad. He's just like not consequential like he's, <laughs> right, he's right. like wallpaper like so, he's just he's just there to like is that, you know is, move is that more along is that yeah, is that more the director or is that like you know what yeah, I, mean? I, I think that's more I, I think that's more of just like he's not asked to do anything like he's he goes to the like he's only in two scenes like he goes yeah. to the jail does the little jail call and then he does um like he 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 stops baby boy from shooting some niggas outside of a restaurant, <laughs> but yeah. like outside of that, he's not asked to do too much. Right. Like I I would say like worst performance has to be Nori just because, like even though everybody's kind of playing a version of themselves, I just think that that version of Nori is over the top. Well, may, maybe it's just Nori in general is over the top because I'm not into that drink champ shit. Like you know all that yeah. you know i and all of that i i i just think it's it, it's too much like nori in general is a bit too much he's a bit much in this movie like even though that like, there is some comedy like you know he he has a stable of dimes and the shit with him and angie martinez is kind of funny but outside of that like i don't, I don't really know what nori is doing i, I wish they would have grabbed somebody else off of def jam vendetta to play that role like <laughs> the, the movie might have been a little bit better who who, who off of dev jam i'm i'm leaning more towards ghostface uh, I, i'd be interested to see what ghostface yo ghostface was in that role <laughs> dog like ghostface ghostface is perfect for that role see see we, we're making this a better movie we've been talking about it for 20 minutes <laughs> like, <laughs> like yes ghostface like he he just like you imagine him just walking around like Philly selling crack, calling himself Tone Starks. Like <laughs> shit, hilarious. No, I, but you know what? With that being said, I didn't mind Nori. Like I think it's more similar to like the D Nice character. Like I, I think Nori is kind of inconsequential. I think you could get somebody else 
fucking play with with Nori, but I didn't think he was terrible. No, like Nori's like the second lead of the movie because the whole yeah. plot revolves around his around character. him and Beans, yeah, yeah. So like, if he's not good, like I like the <laughs> shit where they start focusing on the Nori character, it's, it's just bad. Like you know, I mean, it it could do without it and still be the same movie. Like it's inconsequential. I'm not gonna say it's bad. All right. <laughs> like I, I didn't. I, I'll, be, I'll, I'll agree to disagree on that one. I'm gonna be honest, like that was a lull in the movie that I just didn't care about. I'm just like, yeah, I, I will agree with you. Like it's like, yeah, like this is a little filler, a little filler seed about his little bullshit backstory. Like I don't care about this. Yeah, and, and it's like he he's like he's not convincing. Like when he shows up to uh get Dame involved in his little drug scheme, no, yeah. it's like I, I would be like, yo, get this nigga away from me. Like, yeah. where, like where's my security? <laughs> And like Dave was, he's like El Pollo Loco, like like he just like like he playing him off top. It's like, look, man, like I'm just here to enjoy myself. Like I don't know who you are or why you're talking to me. But I will say, like one of my favorite scenes was the uh, the Spanish. I can't remember her name, but she was extremely entertaining. Uh, the, the the scene where uh, the the chick that plays his mom with her her and Loon, like like she she was really good at that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like she just shooting people. She's yeah, like, oh, she talk too much. Yeah, it's like, Poppy, get the yayo, let's go, Poppy. Like, what are you doing? Like, like, she was really good. Um, so, uh, best quote. What's the best quote in this movie? Uh, I gotta give it to uh, Freeway. He says, "You know, free while you in here." Uh, and he tries to go to like some pseudo deep type shit, and he goes, "Um, you know, mistakes don't matter." Uh, it, it's only the consequences, how, how we deal with the consequences. Um, you know, I thought that was a nice little credo to live by, and it showed you how much he was into his little Quran and stuff like that, and it really kind of built upon the essence of who that character is. So um, I thought that was the best quote throughout the whole line, whole movie. Yeah, Freeway is very good in this movie. It's like he's, I think he's also like playing himself because like you know Freeway's always was always like the laid back guy like he he was always like in the cut like he's in the cut this whole movie and then like they find out he has the plug halfway through the movie and he's like <laughs> right. yeah you ain't never ask so so yeah you know shout shout out to Freeway a little little sidebar on Freeway where, where does Freeway rank Philly rappers that's tough man it's a lot of talent uh, coming out of Philly he's definitely up there um but. Uh, I, I don't I don't even know because I've never listened to a whole album of Freeway. So well, I think you know what the problem with Freeway is? That him losing to Cassidy the way that he did in that battle just took a lot of esteem out of his career. And what like you can't get that on camera and put that out. Like I think if I was Rockefeller, I would have had a cease and desist and I would have tried to get that off of the internet as soon as possible. So that, that I think that's the biggest issue with Freeway. I think that's one of those things where it happened like that was almost pre-internet era though so it's like who knew that that shit was gonna live on the way it did like we, you know we were still in like smack dvd era right like, it wasn't it wasn't like you could just pull your phone out and say let me watch freeway get embarrassed right quick so i can laugh like now you have that like back then we didn't have that yeah but that was oh, yeah, that, that 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 can I put a beat on? Like, yeah, and especially in his high pitched voice, like you don't got no beats, like you got a beat on. That was one of the funniest parts. Beats imitating free, and it be what it be out, it be out like that shit. Have me die. 
So, yeah. uh, well, yeah, like, like just to wrap up, like the the rap thing, I, I rank Freeway pretty high. Like, you know, Philly, I think, does have some of the best rappers of all time. Beans is in that conversation. Black Thought, um, you know, you, amongst other people, but I, I think Fr- Freeway is definitely in that conversation uh, and probably underrated just because he was rapping next to somebody like Beans who I think Beans, you know, if his career didn't go off the rails the way it did, he put out a couple more good albums. Like a lot more people would consider him to be like, you know, a top 10 rapper of all time. Cause you know, Beans regularly out rap Jay-Z every time they rap together. So The the beat coming is a classic. I mean, that's, that's up there when we talk about just like all time great albums. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna add that. That's, that's definitely classic. It's <laughs> yeah. a classic album. It's got everything you need on that album. Um, so to Freeway's character in this movie, you know, one thing I noticed this time was Freeway in on this whole scheme with um the crazy chicken, or was he uh or or did he not know that um that Nori was grimy and biggest and all that shit. I'm going to assume that he didn't know, but see, that's tough though, because they kind of left the door ajar for it to, to like, but see, but why would he do the bid if he was in on it? You know what I mean? So that that's actually a good question, a good analyzation for it. Like maybe there'll be some guy on YouTube that has a, a half hour video analyzing that shit, but uh, I'm going to lean towards. You're getting any half hour breakdowns of state property too, besides us. Besides us, right? <laughs> I'm going to lean towards no, just because, like, I think to do that bit to get caught the way he, that he did. Um, I'm just going to assume that he just knew Nori, and it just was. Well, kinda... no, I, I, I'm, I'm saying like. You know, he he set yeah. up beans right with, with Nori. Nori yeah. I, know, I know what you're later asking, on. Right. And it's like, it's like, yeah, he's already in jail. Like him and Nori both were in jail because like they both got locked up. But it's yeah. like he kind of has to know that Nori is on some bullshit. Like, you know, like Nori sent yeah. beans on a dummy mission, <laughs> like to, to go retrieve some bricks that weren't his and shit. Like, like I, I don't know. Like Freeway might have been a like little quiet scheme. That's probably why he was quiet the whole movie. Like, you know, little little quiet scheming nigga. Yeah, because I mean the way that the, trust the, him. the way to be the, the biggest dude set it up is just like for for beans to be in that that um the cell with, with uh the freeway guy. It, see, but it's tough, man. I, I that's a tough one. I'm I'm leaning towards no, I'm just gonna lean towards that, like because I mean beans didn't even catch the scheme at first. So I, I'm just gonna lean towards freeway, just uh maybe he just don't have the IQ to 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 break down situations like that and <laughs> and to be like, you know what, this guy was some bullshit. So I'm I'm gonna lean towards no, but I, I I can see they left the door ajar to be like, yeah, he was he was in on it as well. But like that's the only thing too. Like, what does freeway get out of it? You know what I mean? We thinking too deeply about the plot of this movie. <laughs> are we are we thinking more about the plot than the writer thought about right. the plot it's of like... this movie? <laughs> It's like if he's in on it, like what does he get out of it? Because he's still doing his eight to ten. So, like, it's not like he's getting his yeah, time. Com- commissary, time. you know, c- cigarettes not free. Uh, freeway you know, could have been honey in buns and I'm, all, all that know, shit. Niggas you, in jail need. You, you're convincing me. Freeway, freeway could have potentially been on it. I don't know. But I'm gonna lead towards no. Like, I, I wish we could have, like, you know, give us a little freeways a scheme subplot, subplot, <laughs> like. 
that, that might have been good. That might have been good. State pop three. It's unfortunate all those guys aren't friends anymore. And also, Beads doesn't have a voice, so we wouldn't be able to get a, a state pop three. <laughs> so but back to best quote. I didn't. I didn't say my best quote. I mean, best quote to me has to be "fuck I say God." You know, <laughs> biggest, yeah, biggest yeah. says that multiple times. Like, like we that has become part of our conversation like like that shit that i say every day like when somebody says some dumb shit to me like yo fuck i say god like, that's a great quote that is a great it, quote. it's just a classic movie line that you know can be used right. in a lot of scenarios <laughs> that's that is really a great quote i love that one it's like the way he delivers it like you know like i say, i'm, I'm leading to like like things is definitely one of the, the better parts of this movie you know yeah but, you know shot the biggest um yeah, shot the biggest so uh best cameo, because there's a lot of cameos in this movie. It, you know, Dame Dash is flexing his Rolodex for half of the movie. So. Sure is. He's <laughs> like the fact a... that they got Mariah Carey to be in this movie, because like what was this before or after? Well, like I don't know if this was when Mariah was like on her way down or like right before she had her like whole resurgence with um, you know, like Jermaine, you know, Jermaine Dupree brought her back. Was this before mm-hmm. or after that? Was this 03? Emancipation of Mimi. This is 03. It, it, do, it don't matter. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah, we're thinking, we're thinking too deep to that. All right, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm surprised Mariah Carey showed up in this movie, but, like, you know, just to shit on Dame for 30 seconds and, yeah, I you love know, that part. Ca- ca- call him a suck ass nigga and shit like that. I, I love that scene. I-, I love that part too. Best cameo is tough. Like I said, M- Mariah is great. Um, you know, Cam is great and everything. I see him. I, I like the little subtle shit that Jimmy did. Uh, I think upon watching it again, it's either between Angie Martinez, because that was just hilarious as Tuesday. Like he's like, he's like, who who's this? It's Tuesday. Like I love that part. Um, but I think I'm gonna give it to old dirty bastard, old, old Dirk McGurk. I like I just I love the persona that he's covered in. He's like, you want some burgers, like just being nasty and all that type of shit. Like I think I'm gonna give it to Dirty, man. Dirty, he, he definitely stole the show in that scene. And uh, Baby Boy did some great uh Emilio Sparks, did some great acting in that that part. Like he's just like, Yeah, we get a burger, man. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> like he, he like, twists his face up and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we get a burger. Yeah, uh-huh. that's some great acting in there. <laughs> um yeah, like for me, like it came down to Bernard Hopkins and Kanye because, like, th- th- those are like two of the funniest uh, cameos. Yeah. Like, because Kanye just shows up to to uh, stab somebody <laughs> real yeah. quick. Like, Kanye doesn't even have any lines in this movie. But I- I'm gonna give it to Bernard Hopkins because he shows up and um, he-, he finds these little kids robbing his his weed stash. And he he has like a philosophical debate with himself about whether or not he should fuck them up before he makes them get down or lay down. And, you know, that's just a pivotal moment in this movie. Like you can see it was foundational for the Beans character. Like, you know, that was his first murder. Like Bernard Hopkins is the first person that he murders. But uh, outside of the plot, you know, the fact that Bernard Hopkins showed up to struggle over three lines in this movie and get shot is just hilarious to me. So I, I, I got to give it to him. He also had one of the funniest death scenes I've ever seen in my life. Like he just gets shot and he's just like, like, that's just hilarious to me. <laughs> like, but yeah, Bernard Hopkins was definitely That's that great. low budget death. Like, like, who, like, we don't have any money for, like, the gun hole and all of that. Like, 
you know, just act like you got hit with something and fall down and count to 10. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the funniest death scenes I've ever seen in my life. Look, shout out to Bernard Hopkins. So, um, not how the game is played. Uh, th- this movie has a lot of not how the game is played because it, it's it's like, you know, a little street movie. So, what's, what's the not how the game is played in this movie? I, I think the fact that how can you set two people up and expect them not to figure that out? I, I got to give it the biggest. Like, there's no way you can set two people up and they're not going to be like, wait, wait a minute. Like, I robbed my own. <laughs> I took my own money back. Like, I think this is one of the stupidest plans that I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm going to have them rob you and then you're going to rob them back. Like, that's just not how the game is played. Yeah, um, I, I'm not going to step on my, my biggest criticisms because they're, they're coming up in another category later. But yeah, that's that's not how the game is played at that's, all. That's not. Um, <laughs> like, that was definitely just a harebrained scheme. Like, <laughs> it, it just seemed like some shit that you do out of desperation. And like, biggest don't even seem like he takes any of these guys seriously. Like, he's no. just like, like, how do you show up in somebody else's town like immediately disrespecting them and then uh like to their face and then like have them robbing each other like so you could take over the drug market or whatever like i don't know what the fuck biggest was thinking um but my my not how the game is played is when d like this is my favorite scene in the movie when uh d nice goes to visit beans in jail and he's telling them about all of the L's that they've taken since Beans got locked up. Now, like, Beans ain't even been locked up that long. And, like, you know, they they fucked up the connect. They uh, got raided by the cops. They got robbed. Um, they had something else bad happen. And he's telling Beans all of this. Like, what is Beans going to do with this information in jail besides get upset about it? It's like, y- you're on the street. Y'all got to fix the problem. Like, that's not how the game is played. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you they, don't go tell the boss bad news. They like, you, you tell him, like, after you solve the problem. How many times does that happen to you? Like, they come in and they ask you for questions. That's what he was doing. He didn't know what to do. He needed guidance. <laughs> but that's the crazy part about that movie. He, he said, yo, in three months... Like, damn, in three, like you said, like he wasn't even down for that. That, that should happen in three months. Like, but that that's normally what happens. But you, this is why you have protocols in place, right? There's certain people, you got a CEO, normally you'll bring in a chief operating officer. That was Beans' problem. He didn't have a chief operating officer. If he would have had that, then Beans would have been able to go take a vacation. You got to be able to take a vacation. The business should be able to run itself at some point if you're the CEO. Well, Baby Boy was his right hand man. <laughs> and Baby Boy, as soon as the plug shows, he's like, who the fuck is you, Guala Guala's? Yeah. <laughs> and just starts starts being an ignorant nigga. So it's like, he, he just mischose his right hand. Because yeah. b- Baby Boy wasn't the guy. Like, maybe it should have been Miss Bleak. But, you know, he set Miss Bleak up to get killed in the first movie. See, that's like, the problem. B- Baby Boy's not an executive. He's a supervisor. Like, if Baby Boy was a supervisor, I think Baby Boy could be a, an excellent supervisor, but you start giving him a little bit too much responsibility, like, that's the shit that's going to happen. Like, he's not the public relations guy. He's not the guy to show up to close deals. No, you you, you got the hierarchy. You got the hierarchy wrong. Ba- baby Boy is not a supervisor. He's a fucking specialist. Like, you just right, call yeah, him to get right. something done. You don't have him manage a team, a project, or anything. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Cause like like half of his lines in this movie are I'm getting my glizzy. Like yeah. like he doesn't know anything else but that. So it's right. like you call him when the shit's about to fly. You don't call him when it's time to do something that requires a little finesse. Like he, he's yeah. not a finesse guy. That you're completely right. I got the organizational structure wrong. It's like there were certain guys, like if you've been in a sales environment, there's certain guys who are great sales guys, but they're not good managers because they're specialists. So, you know, baby boy, he's uh He's just a sales guy. He's not an executive. Yeah, I think this was one of those organizations where, you know, the boss was beans and he was just doing everything. Yeah. And he just needed some manpower around him because he couldn't sell all of the drugs himself. Um, but, you know, it's funny because like the flip of his organization is Dame's organization. And Dame is like, yeah, I, he's like, I whipped that shit up. He's like, I'd <laughs> slick it over the corner if I could. <laughs> <laughs> yo what's wrong with this guy he talk about like in my quest for world domination yeah. and a quarter of a trillion dollars I'm gonna get there by selling Knicks on the corner yeah it's a roll with him Knicks on the corner he had the nerve to like add branding to cocaine I've never seen that like he's Steve Jobs or something he put a logo on a package like, why are you doing oh, that's, that? Uh, that's that Frank Lucas shit. You remember Blue Magic and all that? Okay, all right. You know, he, he, what do he say? Coca-Cola. That's a brand name. Like, that's my crack stupid. has a brand name. Yeah, that's just stupid to me. But shout out to all you drug dealers that, you know, you put your package in and all that. I guess you got to take time to really service the people probably. You got to know what you're buying, Steve. Like, <laughs> when you go in the store, you don't you don't pick up the bottle that says Cola you pick up the one that says Coca-Cola. Like, you got to know what it is. The business like, trying to say money. Any asshole can make some crack. Like, you don't know if it's good or not. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, that's my bad day. See, my bad day. I know what you're doing now. Yeah, this, this is good crack. This premium crack. This damn shit. Yeah. So, um, what, what did you have for uh, keeping in the comments section? Uh, keeping in the comments. Probably Nori. I think... Uh... You know, just Nori being oblivious to everything. I feel like you got to make a smarter guy than that. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, the, the Nori versus Biggest, you probably could have kept that in the comments section. Like, at the end of the day, when, when he shoots him, it's like, what do you do after that? Like, it's like, you, you know, you just, I, I feel like Nori just had no brains or no plan throughout the whole thing. He's just a, a yes man listening to the Biggest the whole time. So you could have kept him in the comments section. I mean, my, my keep it in the comments section is um, like, you know, it just seems like Dane tried to just shoehorn everybody that he knows into this movie. Like there's just random shit where Winky Wright shows up. He's like, yo, my man's Winky will knock you the fuck out. Like he he, he has his kids in the movie for, for no good reason. And um, I'm not a fan of when directors and producers do that. Like they just they just throw shit in the movie just because they can or if they put themselves in a movie and they can't act like I, I think all of that stuff can stay on the cutting room floor like I, I get it like you know it's your movie you want to put people in it but you got to add value to the movie not just throw people in it because you want to well but I also with that though if, if Dame was different like you probably wouldn't have gotten Bernard Hopkins in the movie so I feel like that's a catch-22 so yeah I mean he probably could have been a little bit more selective but at the end of the day 
I do like the fact that he's given opportunities. And, you know, if it was different, we wouldn't have gotten as many cameos regardless. So. Well, yeah, I think that's why it's the comment section, because like <laughs> there's some shit that adds value to the movie and there's some shit that doesn't. Right. And it's like you you have like if you're a writer, director, producer, you got to know how to say no to yourself. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's move on to my favorite part of the podcast, animal behavior. Uh, what did you have for animal behavior this week? Uh, when baby boy is outside of Dame's club and he's about to rob Dave's people, it's, it's just like he's just it's, that's to the point where he's just down bad. Like they're in the hole for 90. Baby boy is just robbing anybody, getting buddy any way he can. They're selling weed. But to me, I feel like that was like the epitome top of the top, where it's like you're about to start this war with, with an old man power, like all you got is like Chris and Neef and you got D-Dice who, who's very indecisive and doesn't know. They, like, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if it's the writing or if it's the acting, but they got D-Dice in there. D-Dice never makes a definitive decision about anything at all. But it's like you're about to start this war with Dave outside of his club for a couple of hundred dollars or whatever you think you're about to get off of these guys. Like, that's just animal behavior to me. Yeah, I mean uh baby baby boy is definitely on animal behavior like my, my favorite animal scene from him in like it's not my animal behavior for the movie but from him in the movie is at the beginning when he's threatening the old lady and, <laughs> <Dollar Fester! laughs> and he's like Dollar yeah that's a great scene <laughs> Like cracks himself up because you can see him like look off camera and laugh like, yeah, like, character, like he's yeah. looking at somebody in the production crew and yeah. shit because like you know that scene is just so animal like y'all niggas threatened this old ass lady that don't got nothing to do with nothing that was definitely some improv type shit like I, that that couldn't have been in the script it's like yeah yell at her and tell her to die all the faster <laughs> like I mean, if, if that was in the script, th this movie deserves an Oscar. <laughs> that shit's hilarious. <laughs> but my animal behavior had to be Nori naming his his bitches days of the week because that led to his downfall. Yeah, like it, the, the Tuesday bitch is the one that turned on him because he kept calling her Tuesday to her face. Like I'm not above him calling the lady Tuesday, but it's like you at least gotta remember her name because now she didn't turned on you. So um, you know. Like his uh, whole, I had a staple of dimes and needing to fuck a different bitch every day of the week. It ultimately led to his downfall. So Nori should have been doing some of that um, that uh, semen retention shit yeah. that Kevin Gates always be talking about. He was definitely a sex addict. I, I hope that like that character learned from his sex addiction and hopefully that prison stint was able to kind of like calm him down. And he's able to relax a little bit and focus more on the money really think any of these characters learned a lesson from anything that happened I, I i think they were all just like this is another day at the fucking office <laughs> this is a um, wild movie so uh this isn't a category but this is something that jumped out to me about the beans character the beans character is kind of a snitch like in both of these movies because <laughs> um in the first movie when Malik is causing him problems, he calls the police on him. And the last line in this movie is when he's with Dame, he's talking to Baby Boy on the phone. He's like, "Let's um, let let let's uh, throw him a surprise party." 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as they showed you earlier in the movie, the surprise party is a police raid. So it's like, Bean's a gangster. Is he a snitch in this movie? Like, I I don't get it. Like, how are you a tough guy? You keep calling the people. (laughs) I definitely forgot that that was a surprise party. Yeah, like, but that's the funny thing. He's so passionate about, like, how snitches are bad people. Like, like that, that line in the movie where he goes, you know, the only thing that's worse than a rat is a word that nobody can say anymore. But like, it's like the fact that he's so passionate about that is like, <laughs> but the fact that that's your like number one option when you're in the hole, you know. Yeah, that's his MO. It's like, yeah. yo, but when my back's against the wall, like, like, and, and like the. <laughs> Like he's like, when my back's against the wall, I start telling. I don't give a f- yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's no good. That's just that's just no good. Um, so before we before we give the movie a score and everything, I think we should uh, you know give some notes, some some script notes. As uh, I think we called it the Steve cut originally. Yeah, but, um, Steve cut. If, if we were if we were making some adjustments to this movie. I think the main thing I would change is the excessive narration. That's not um, one option, yeah. It, it's it it works as unintentional comedy, but I think for a movie to just be narrated like for eighty percent of the time, like I don't know if that's just because Dame or whoever else on the production crew said, look, these guys can't act that good. So we might just need narration rather than um, scenes of exposition where they're explaining their feelings in different moments. But um, there's way too much narration in this movie. It's it, it, it's to the point where it becomes comical. Yeah, before I get my cut though, I will say one of the better aspects of how this movie was written was I like the letter at the beginning and then that kind of being like a turning point where it's like, that was, that was also another good bit of acting of with Beans where he's reading the letters like, I didn't write this fucking letter. Like, but like, I really thought that I was really clever to like open it with that. And then that's like a turning point of whether, you know, Damon Beans are going to continue this war or like, you know, go get Nori for trying to set these guys up. But <clears throat> I think like, this this one is hard for me because I, I think th- this scheme just doesn't make any sense to me. I I, I don't know how to <laughs> I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to like make it. Also, too, like I, I just have a hard time believing that this Nori guy could be this stupid. Like you've been with this guy all your life, you haven't realized that he's been setting you up the whole time until like those other guys set you up. Like now you the light but but. It does make sense though because he's a sex addict and like he probably smokes a lot of weed and drinks a lot. So, <laughs> so he, he's so focused on on pussy that he didn't realize biggest killed his parents when he was a kid and that, has been taking advantage of him his whole life. Because that's the confusing part, right? Like before they go to jail, before he gets does the bit, he said, "I got some intel about who killed my parents," and then next thing you know, he goes to jail. So, um. I, I don't know. I, I think that part, like how this Nori character is written is a little bit weird to me. Yeah, it's um it it's definitely a shortcoming of, of this film. Yeah. They could have gave him a little bit <laughs> that, more. The, like the central plot of the movie is definitely a shortcoming of this film. 
that. Like the whole like, movie. Because like the, the motivating forces of this movie make zero sense. Right. But um I think that leads ultimately to the get in the box for me. And this movie has to be biggest as a character in general because his motivations are so convoluted and ridiculous that he has to get in the box. Because yeah. it's like you're running around with this orphan that you that you made an orphan, and then you're going into new towns, just starting trouble, and like you just have no regard for anybody or the consequences of your actions, and it ultimately catches up with him and he dies at the end. So you know, biggest biggest guy get in the box, man. That's that's just no good, no 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 good. I think I'm gonna give it to uh, Nori's pop, uh, the, uh, the character Loon character. I don't even know if they gave him a name. I'm not quite sure what his name is, other than Nori's pop. But I just think, I think everybody in this movie is named after their <laughs> name in real life, right? <laughs> so just call him Loon. Yeah, I, I just think you got to know that Biggest is a snake, but also too, like he said, like the the mom just seemed to be the boss anyway, so. You know, it, it just seemed like he had a lot of shortcomings in, in regards to how he handled business, um, you know, his his lack of assertiveness and in, in handling his coke deals. But you got to know your right hand man ain't shit that he's going to kill you and take your son. Like, I, I feel like at some point you had would have had to seen him do something like you, people don't, don't just turn on you. There's certain tales that they have. So, you know, Nori's pop got get in the box for that. They weren't paying attention at all because th there's a scene yeah, where, like with the where baby Nori is like cutting a brick open and just has cocaine all over his face. Yeah. And I'm just like, like one, that kid would be dead. And two, like, you know, they weren't paying attention at all. So yeah, yeah. Nori's yeah. parents got to get in the box. Like they, they got both of them got to get the box. For <laughs> they was down in Miami, just li living that Miami life, not giving a fuck about anything. Yeah, they got to get in the box. So, um... You know what, what's what's the rating for this movie? I I think people people probably know where we're going before yeah. we release these numbers. But uh, what, what do you got? I'm actually going to get us a three and a half. I was entertaining. I was entertained the whole time, but the movie's just a little bit too stupid to like give it a perfect score. Like there's too many plot holes, too many central issues with each character uh, to really kind of be like, oh yeah great movie i can't put it on uh you know the the blue streak national security level or uh any one of my adam sandler levels adam sandler movie levels like i don't i don't think it's on the level of the masterpiece of the water boy or anything like that um but you know i had a lot of fun with this movie uh i really enjoyed it uh but it's just a little bit too stupid so i'm gonna give it a three and a half give it a uh a four because this movie delivers on everything that it's that it promised. <laughs> like it tells you in the very first thirty seconds what it is. Like we're we're throwing the whole first movie in the trash and we're making a comedy now. And the the intentional comedy in this movie, I think the majority of it succeeds. And the unintentional comedy outweighs the intentional comedy and makes the movie <laughs> even funnier. So, um, you know, we we talked a lot about how the plot makes no sense, but I don't think the plot of this movie is important at all. No. You turn it on and you have a good time. I, I laughed a lot when I rewatched it um, for this episode. And, you know, I, I'm sure the next time I watch it, it'll still be funny. So, you know, State Prop is a State Prop 2 is a classic in my book. Like, you know, yeah. I, I can't go below a four. That, that would be disrespectful. 
Yeah, it's definitely up there. Uh, but it's just it's a little bit too many issues with me to 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 give it uh on on this like epic level. But I agree with you. Like for what this movie is and for what they made it for, uh, you gotta respect it. It's a masterpiece. So uh, before we wrap up, what is the moral of the story of all of this? What what can we learn from either the production of this movie or the movie itself? Well, I think those are two different questions. So I'm going to answer uh, both of them differently. From the production of this movie, I say, you know, kids, believe in yourself. Uh, you can do anything you want to do. If you if somebody could get this shit off, if somebody pay for this bullshit, you can create a movie yourself. And you could get it off. Like, this gives me hope that I could one day write a movie. I would like to spend a little bit more time developing my characters and developing my craft in regards to writing. But, you know, like, this movie, it gives you hope, motivation. In regards to what we can learn from the actual meat and potatoes of this movie, you can't get caught lacking in these streets. You know, Beans was caught lacking. But, you know, that's the funniest part about the movie where he opens, he's like, yeah, my crew got, uh, what do you say, my crew got reckless? And you got reckless. You went up and you shot the guy. <laughs> and, and that's what they caught you on, on the body. Like, that. that's why you're in jail. Like, but, you know, overall, like, you can't get caught lacking. You got to be patient and you have to be aware of your surroundings and what's going on around you. So I think that's probably the moral of the story. Like, you know, be on point because even the Dave Dash character, if he was on point and wasn't thinking about the quick buck so much, he wouldn't have been in that situation to begin with either. So I think that's the overall point that the movie's trying to make. Yeah, that's I I, I can't disagree with any of that because you know, yeah, no, you you summed it up perfect. So I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> that that that's state property too, and we'll be back next week for an all new episode. This has been the Last Man Pod, and make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that good shit. We'll be back next week, all new episode.